Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. I am your host, Colby Wartman, and our mission is to tackle the biggest questions in strength and conditioning, business, investing, and everything in between. We bring to you the best people in every sector so that you, the listener, can benefit and learn from the best in the biz. Whether that is S&C or business, you can rest assured you're getting the best knowledge available. Having trained athletes for many, many years, we have tried every treadmill known to man. You name it, we've tried it. With these treadmills, there's always been a disconnect, something missing for our athletic performance, something that just does not correlate to athletic success on the field until we tried our Trueform runners. Trueform for over 10 years has been elevating the performance of pro athletes, college athletes, recreational runners, and everyday athletes alike. You can check out Trueform treadmills at trueformrunner.com, and we thank Trueform for being an exclusive sponsor of Next Level Radio. All right, it's time we all grow up a little bit. Ditch the pre-workout. It's not 2007 anymore, and it's nothing like jacked 3D. Ditch the shaker. You're not four years old, and you don't need a bottle anymore. And get yourself the best dippable pre-workout on the market. Each pouch is patriotically packed with 300 milligrams of caffeine and vitamins because shaker bottles suck. Send It Sups is the -the on-the-go solution for athletes, LEOs, firefighters, door kickers, and everybody in between. Head over to SendItSups.com to get the best dippable pre-workout on the market And we thank Send It Sups for being a sponsor of Next Level Radio. Next Level Radio continues to grow because of our listeners and our sponsors. Today we present you, Fat Fish Brewing, the official beer of Next Level Radio. Whether you're looking for a night out with family or smashing the best craft beers in the area, you will find it all at Fat Fish Brewing. Check out Fat Fish on Village Street in Dickinson or check them out on their website at fatfishbrewing.com. Life has an amazing way of coming full circle and bringing to you the people that you need in your life at that time. As a young whippersnapper, four monsters deep, just excited to tackle the day, I'm headed to my first strength and conditioning conference and I hear about a company called Team Builder. Multiple coaches with experience with TeamBuilder and other platforms said the exact same thing. They said that you can get very similar products across different platforms. However, the thing that truly sets aside TeamBuilder and puts their product above anybody else's is their true and genuine customer service. As a customer for many years, both at the university setting and the private facility, I can tell you, Team Builder's customer service is absolutely second to none. Late night emails, programming issues, emergencies on my end are all resolved very, very quickly. So join the thousands of universities and private facilities that use Team Builder to elevate their businesses by going to teambuilder.com, click start my free trial and use code NLT at checkout. Our next sponsor, Nutridyne, a medical supplement company aimed at enhancing performance and addressing the underlying issues of disease. You will be hard-pressed to find the quality that you'll find at Nutridyne. 
listeners of this podcast get 20% off all supplements. Just go to at coach underscore Wartman and click the Nutridyne link in our bio. Keep up with us on Instagram at coach underscore Wartman on our website, nl-training.com or keep up with us on the next episode of Next Level Radio. Now sit back, relax, and take in the mind-melting knowledge of this episode. Ladies and gents, welcome to Next Level Radio. Special guests in the house today, and uh, this origin story of how everything evolves from day to day, month to month, year to year, and the paths that people take are really cool to get back into this studio for uh, this very very specific reason. And um, number one, we've upgraded cameras for you guys. We've we're really pushing YouTube and really trying to actually make a dedicated effort to upgrading every single portion. Number one for us, number two for the listener, and number three for our sponsors. And so um, no better way and no better people to have on the first one of our upgraded, everything's good to go. So um, we have Seth and Taylor who, for many people that have listened since episode 50 or episode 60, uh, the crux, the the beginning, the the genesis of this podcast started with us three. And um, when we had extra time during COVID, we thought the world was, uh, we thought Jesus was already coming back. Um, and uh, so we started a podcast, exactly why. Um, so it was really cool. And now to, this is your third, fourth, fourth, think, fourth and third. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Because we had one early during COVID and uh, the George Floyd stuff. And then now, so I'm going to have you guys introduce yourself real quick and uh, we'll take it from there. All right, I'm going to pull this mic. So I'm Taylor Krenzel. You've probably seen me a few times on this podcast. And every time I've been on this podcast, it always seems like we're announcing something or something major has changed in our lives. Um, and this time is exactly the same. So there's big things happening in our lives. Um, we actually flew Seth out here for a specific reason for our business. Um, and we'll get into that. But I just want to touch on this before Seth introduced himself. Colby and Seth both have been a major influence in my life on where I'm at today. Um, it took Seth connecting me with Colby over just some simple design work for his business, yeah. which led me into, into believing I could be a designer on my own, which led me to leaving a family business and trying design work on my own. And then during that process, Seth brought real estate into my life by connecting me with Tracy Hoff of the Real Estate Co. And that sent me down a spiral in a good way of wow. all these things happening in my life where, um, today I'm, I'm a part owner of a business. Um, I still have my real estate license and I'm way more financially free than what I was when I met you guys. So I just want to say you guys have made some huge impacts in my life. Um, Dude. and your brothers for life. Dude. Yeah. I, I, I knew that, but I almost, I almost forgot the early, early, Next level making logo coffee that kind of stuff was when it first started. Mm -hmm. yeah. Holy moly! I was thinking podcast, but I wow, I that's, think that's crazy. I think what it was you were looking for a logo for your for the gym. I think yep. it was for the Iron Gym. Yep. You were in the, the Iron Chapel. Iron Chapel. Yeah, yeah, dude. Golly, that's crazy. I'll have you introduce wow, yourself. Wow. Yeah. Hey, I'm I'm Seth Morkirky. Um, lived in Dickinson for six years. I'm a, I'm a North Dakota boy, man. I, I moved to California. Five years ago, right in the midst of, or four years ago in the midst of 2020, I uh, went to ministry school out there um, at a church called 
Bethel. Uh, they have a uh, Bethel School of Super, Supernatural Ministry. So have been there, just finished my third year last year, and am now off into the world, man, just trying to change the world, trying to see Jesus, um, see his kingdom come everywhere we go. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, it's, it, it is really cool. Number one, let's get a, let's get a official beer of next level radio fat fish. Here we go, buddy. Fat fish, here we go. To you. Appreciate you stopping by, man. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm. May, oh man, that mango habanero is good. I already ran and already worked out, so I'm feeling good. I'm feeling frosty. <laughs> That's the best time to drink. Yeah, exactly. I uh, I don't think people understand the, the the evolution of life and how cool. Um, yeah, it's really cool that we can share each other's presence and see each other and catch up and have these conversations. But can you imagine in five to ten years too, like what the evolution of this? There's a lot of stuff that you and I talked about, even on our last one, like um, continually failing and just uh, failing forward and doing these things that got us to a point where we're at today. And even things have changed from that one. But then we look, so we started at what, 20, uh, March, 2021, 2020, March, 2020. So we look from that point and that's only three years ago. And it's just really cool to have this documented process of like thinking, maturity, life, everything, dude. It's nuts to me, man. And I want, I'm going to ask you some questions based on that later on, Golly. but I, I do want to just say, Colby, um, watching you from a distance the last three years has been so amazing. Like the man you are, the man you've grown into. I mean, you're always an incredible man, but who you've, who you've, uh, set yourself to be and the things you're doing, it's just, I'm, I'm so proud to know you and to, I to appreciate like have that a lot. life with you. Yeah, man. I appreciate it. It's hard for me to take, uh, take compliments. Um, so I, I, like, I really appreciate that a lot, man. It's been, it's been a journey, uh, since, I mean, we were brothers on the football field and, uh, later. So once I went to rehab, I I always had God in my life. Always. All, it was always a staple, but whether if it was the first staple or the second staple was the big thing, right? Like there was other things that were that first staple. So I still remember to this time, I mean, a hawk is a hawk. Yep. Even if I don't know you, you're on the offensive side of the ball, you're from Hawaii and I've never known your name, you're still my brother. Like yeah. something happens, you're my brother. Yeah. Um, but I remember I got out of treatment. My first game back was uh, the Fargo Dome when we played the D- Dakota State in the Fargo Dome. And that was my first game back. And the week prior is when I served my two-game suspension. I had to serve a suspension. I came clean, yeah. um, did everything. But I for those next couple weeks, I came to our F I think it was FCC back then with Tyler when Tyler would travel with us mm-hmm. and we would do a Bible study before the game. And then that was kind of my introduction into you mm-hmm. like Seth, like yeah. you were my brother from sports and all that stuff. But like, that was like my first, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like we, you're always an acquaintance and a friend, yeah. um, and anything happened, but then really starting to dive in the person that you are and like taking what I could learn from you and vice versa. Like that was that, that crux getting out of rehab, getting my faith reinstalled is how I kind of look at it. Um, it's just crazy how we've come from that point, you know, it's, it's it's nuts, man. I agree. Yeah. So I appreciate, I appreciate that. Um, and, uh, it's been a wild ride, dude. It's just been a wild. And I think my biggest struggle is, uh, 
seeing this evolution, right? Like you said, for the last three years following kind of what I've done, who I've tried to become and I get caught in the wash, you know, and we all do that. Like I get caught in the wash where I can't see what you saw three years ago and to now, you know, and you, I mean, you have out of anybody in this room, uh, one of the biggest evolutions. And I told you this last time, um, it's going to turn into like the best things about each of us. (laughs) But, um, I told you that last time, dude, there was, uh, when we first met, when you had the skill set you had of like con or excuse me, um, uh, like logos and, um, actual creative work, you had that skill set, but you didn't have the confidence. Mm -hmm. And I think that confidence came from a stronger faith. Um, literally having a playbook of like, this is who I am and this is what I've done. That's my confidence. And like where, where you found that confidence, I think like, I think Minnesota was one of the best things in the world. And we talked about that. One of the best things, like if you would have taken over the business right away, would it be even, it wouldn't, we wouldn't be sitting here. I don't think you were ready for it. I couldn't have. Yeah. I couldn't have taken over the business um, at that point in my life. And I've said this many times is that uh, at that point where I was at in my maturity, my faith, um, my finances, it would have been like handing me the like, on Ferris Bueller's day off when that guy yeah. just took the, the Ferrari and crashed it. Yep. That was me. I yeah. was about to go drive something off a cliff. Like Johnny Manziel, man. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> handed just, the keys and he just wasn't ready for it. Yeah. And so I know for sure that I had to go through that process of growth. Um, not only did I grow in Minnesota in finances, but I grew in confidence. I grew in business acumen and just being able to, um, I, I was around a lot of good leaders that were showing me how business should look without running yourself into the ground and being miserable. And because yeah. in North Dakota, you see a ton of oil field business and you see a ton of farmers and there's only one way to do business. It looks like, um, and that's just work hard every single day and just grind it out. And I believe in hard work this last year, we've worked harder than I've ever worked in my life, but there has to be an end goal for why you're working that hard. And it can't be just to keep continuing to work that same way the rest yeah. of your life. Yeah, You know, and so we're trying to change the perspective now with our business of working hard, but also um, having time, freedom, enjoying life, uh, getting into investing in in assets that allow you to have more freedom. This is all part of things that we're bringing into our business. And Seth um, is actually another piece of that puzzle that we're bringing into our business. I'll have you move this a little closer too. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Yep. So from the outside in, um, people that don't know, uh, from my perspective, just having a small conversation with you at running or at Menards, um, you guys have always been very good friends and now you're going to bring him in, in a different capacity. So kind of, kind of talk about that. Yeah. You want me to touch on it first? Okay. So it's kind of, God always works like in our lives. God has always seemed to like bring the right people at the right times and the right opportunities at the right times. Um, and this is no different. So, um, a few months ago I had started thinking about what's the next stage of vision, our company. And so I was thinking about what kind of coaching can I do? What kind of like, can I start a program? Can I do anything coaching related? Um, and I didn't realize really know where that was going, but, kind of the day after I started creating like a program that I thought we could launch in our business, Seth reached out to me and he had been at a, a conference or at a speaking at a church and he had a round table where he was sitting there and he felt God put on his heart that he needs to begin coaching. And 
not only churches, but businesses. And God laid on his heart vision. Like mm-hmm. this was like a day after I had started already talking about coaching. Imagine that. And, yeah, imagine <laughs> that, right? And so um, Seth reached out to me and I immediately called him because I just couldn't believe that, you know, it was lining up with what I had already felt. And he believed that he was supposed to dedicate time just to our company and coaching us up because he felt like there was something bigger at, st- at play. Um, and it was like maybe a couple days later, we had kind of confirmed that he was going to become our business coach and spiritual coach. Um, because there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that happened through this transition that we need healing from Yeah, just some trauma related stuff. And then anything involved with family, man. Yes. Anything hard. And I don't, Um, I, and I have no basis of what that trauma was, but yeah, anything. Yeah. Uh, Family business is tough. And I told these guys someday I'll write a book about it and I'm going to start documenting some of the stuff because there is a lot that goes into it and a lot that goes into a transition. Um, and so, uh, long story short, we decided that we would bring Seth and Rhea, his uh, fiance, who's in the studio with us, um, to Dickinson to get a, us a business planning session to kind of kick everything off. And this is where we're beginning our journey together. Yeah. So for the last few days, we've been uh, locking in core values, uh, mission and vision statements, and just uh, really defining roles for what the business is going to look like and, and who we're bringing along for the ride. Very cool. So, and that's why Seth is here in studio and very it's crazy cool. how life comes full circle. Uh, uh, fast, fast, man. So what, what's your perspective on everything? Yeah, I was going to say the um, <laughs> bringing me on was it was I was not as excited as I think Taylor maybe made it sound. Uh-huh. I was I was a lot more hesitant, not because of them, but because I mean, my whole life since, since I was 19, the Lord told me I was going to be a pastor. And so I'm 28 now. So for the last nine years, I've been uh-huh. this is my main goal. I want to be a pastor. I want to be a pastor. I went to, you know, went to not seminary, but I went to ministry school for three years to do this. So I came out the other side, like, Hey, I'm ready to be a pastor. I'm ready to go work at a church. And like, I I know that's what God has gifted me to do. Um, so telling Taylor, it was like, Hey, this, uh, like, I want to come coach you guys or I want to come speak to you guys, but it's like, like a day thing, like a weekend thing. And it feels less about teaching and more about coaching. And he, he texts me and we call and I'm like, I don't know, bro. Like, I don't like, this, yeah. like, I, like I want to be a pastor. I don't want to be a coach. And I woke up the next day uh, and, the Lord, and I told, so I told Taylor, give me two weeks. I'll think about it and pray yeah. about it. I wake up the next day. The Lord tells me, nope, you need to join them. Like they're going places that, uh, that, that you need to be with them for and you, wow. they need you in their life. And so, um, not that I'm, you know, coming to save them, but yeah. we're, we're going places. And so, uh, I texted him. I'm like, Hey, I know I said it was two weeks, but we got you know, the give, answer. give me 20 hours and I'm, I'm ready yeah. to go. So. Dang. Here we are. And, and I think it, like with going, going with coaching, the more I tell people this, they're like, oh, absolutely. You should do you like, I can't believe you didn't say yes right away. Or like, mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. This is who you are. You're, you're like a coach of people's hearts and people's um, soul. And like Taylor said, more of us, like, I don't, I don't have much of the business experience, but I have the, the spiritual yeah. experience and wisdom to, you know, I believe the Holy Spirit can lead us through anything. So you know, it, it's funny that you say that. So I, I got my teaching degree along with, so I got my phys ed degree. I did my student teaching. I got my exercise science and then I went back and got my master's. Mm-hmm. And I, once I got through it, appreciate it. Once I got through the education side, I realized I never wanted to be a teacher within the four walls of the school. Mm-hmm. But 
I, there's no difference than what I'm doing in the four walls of this gym mm-hmm. as in the coaching or in, as in teaching. And I told him, I said, I'm doing PE class in, in my own gym, yeah. you know, yeah. and how I look at it, um, dude, some of the crazy conversations that come up, like it's so much more than lifting weights. And for you, yes, it's this label can be coach, mm-hmm. but it doesn't have to be a generic coach. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. the spiritual leading of people, the things that you can lay out, like for instance, all these different opportunities are laid in front of us. And we tend to, a lot of times are very blind to it, mm-hmm. you know, unless we're so aware and pray about it and intentional about it. Like we miss a lot, you know, that's what I feel like you can do for mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Spiritually guide people to where they should be, their relationship with God and all in all aspects, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So like what I'm trying to say is like, coach and pastor, man. I mean, uh, yeah. tomato, tomato, yeah. right. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. you can blend it so well mm-hmm. that you could be labeled a pastor for the business. You mm-hmm. could be labeled a coach, whatever the label is, that label isn't going to one, hold you back or anything, you know? Mm-hmm. So I think that's really, that's, that's really cool. Cause it's the same concept I went through. I just didn't want to deal with the political side of things. And for sure. now like the conversations I'm having, dude, just the other day we were talking about, uh, the Ark of the Covenant, how that was, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was found and kind of these, uh, relation between world current events and mm-hmm. my favorite book of the Bible revelations. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, just talking about all these different things and, um, really having critical conversations with high school kids, yeah. these high school kids, they don't get it anywhere else. Yeah. So we're lifting weights, we're pumping higher and they feel they feel uh, frosty. They're feeling okay, and then we have these very cool conversations, man. Like it, it, it's it's awesome. Um, yeah, it's cool, man. Yeah, there's something happening in Gen Z or whatever generation they are, yep. Alpha, or something like that. <coughs> mm-hmm. There's something. I mean, they like they're the world they grew up in and the world that they're going to create is like both of those are drastically different than the world that yeah we grew up in or oh, that yeah. we're even in right now. And so I'm just like the more we're 28. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm 29. I turned 30 in April, so we're right there. Yeah, like our generation, dude. We didn't start by growing up with mm-hmm. these. I, I didn't get a set aside a phone that connected to the internet. I think my very first flip phone that just text messages and calls was eighth grade or a freshman year, mm-hmm. the first one. So we still rode our bikes a couple of years ago or a year ago. We were talking about this. I put a yeah. post out and I said the 90s were the best time to be alive. Hey, Amen. Like hands down, like we're going riding our bikes. We're going till the lights turn off on the street lights and we're doing whatever we want to do. But now it's like, I even feel like part of my life has been one enhanced, but two has been sucked out of me from this, but that's normal for them. You know what I'm saying? Like that's completely normal for that generation. I don't know. It's it's crazy, man. Yeah. Um, why is, I got a question. Why is revelation your favorite book of the Bible? I love that by the way. So I, here's why. I'm, I've, I've struggled my whole life. Uh, I grew up Baptist my whole life. Um, my dad, uh, was LDS and really tried to shove a, a, a square peg in a round hole for me. And I was that square peg and just kept shoving and shoving mm-hmm. and shoving. It wasn't my thing. It just wasn't, wasn't the, the belief system I had. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward, I was a Baptist and all these things, but for, throughout the entirety of my faith as my faith decreased and increased in my relationship, not even faith, my relationship with God kind of took this roller coaster. Mm-hmm. I always tended to um, kind of gravitate towards something tangible. Okay. And um, as much as 
a relationship with God can be tangible. People have to have the faith is one of the most important things of that relationship. Mm -hmm. The reason I like revelations is, uh, the forward thinkingness of the book itself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Number one, just overall what it provides. If you do X, if you do Y and you live this life, this is your playbook. And I think I like that just for the forward thinking thought of it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, many, many different portions of revelations um, are obviously much different, but I just like the forward thinking aspect because I think I hold on to a lot of, with my ego, I hold on to a lot of control. Mm -hmm. And my control comes from knowing what's going to happen, even though I don't know the time. Mm -hmm. And so I think that just always intrigued me. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah, for sure. You know what I'm saying? I love Revelation. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Revelations is a very deep book, dude. And you can, you can a lot of people can look at it many different ways. And uh, you can look at it um, from a standpoint of change is a bad thing. And uh, the second coming of Christ is scary and all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But if you truly are living the life you have, and number one, have the relationship that God wants us to have with him, it should be the most exciting time in the world. Yeah. But it's going to be disguised as the seven worst years of our lives. Well, yeah. yeah. But, uh, like we win at the end, yeah. right? We the win. End, the end of the book says it's we win. one and zero, baby. Jesus already yeah. paid for everything. Mm -hmm. He's just coming back to seal the deal. I know. Yeah. I think that's why I've never been asked that question of why I, gra I like that. I mm -hmm. think it's because it's a, it's something I can forward look to, you know, um, it, it, given the whole Bible, are all forward thinking things too? like apply this in your life. And this is the fruits, right? Like, mm -hmm. but revelation has just been so forward thinking for me. And I just gravitated towards it a lot. I think. Yeah. yeah. I, um, one of my favorite stats about the Bible statistically is that 70% of the Bible is, um, influenced by a dream, a dream or affected by a dream. So 70%, you think about the Bible, okay. 70%. So revelation, the whole thing is a dream. Yep. It's a, it's a revelation. Like it's either open vision or he's having it at night. And you, have, you think about how much that affects like our theology and our, our day-to-day our -day lives. I'm like, hey, dreams are super important. Yes. Literally, yeah. night dreams are super important, but like being in touch with, with heaven, with the kingdom of heaven and Jesus mm -hmm. is so important, like supernaturally to have that connection and to be aware of your dreams and aware of like what's going on in your life, just making yeah. connections with like your natural life. Not that there's no separation between mm -hmm. natural and spiritual, but um, just be like making the connection that everything is one. Is one. Yeah. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All right. I'm going to dip out, but um, touching on that, if you see this table, we're sitting around, you see Seth, you see Colby, you see me. What Seth said is we've been influenced by dreams more than anyone I know. And we've followed those dreams and we've, we've listened to the Holy Spirit when he's spoken to us and just where we're at now and where we were three years ago, it's <laughs> been a drastic change. And it's because of the dreams we've had, and it's because of the dreams that have been put on our hearts, and the, and Seth being obedient of of God, and putting me in touch with Colby, and Colby and I and Seth creating this podcast at the beginning, like where we're at now, it's the chain of events that we could have never predicted, but we were yep. just following what God's plan was for us, um, and so I just want to remind everyone, and especially you guys, that God has a huge plan for our lives. Yep. Um, and everyone else, as long as you are staying in tune to what he, he wants and his will, um, you're going to have major things happen in your life, especially the way we talked about Gen Z. They're, they're going to be some game changers in yep. this world. I've already seen it. We've hired 
um, some in the summer for our business. And the amount of talent and the amount of drive they have, if you get them in the right lane and you help them and guide them, uh, they want to change the world. So I just, I love that we're all, we're all being able to connect with younger generations and inspire and hopefully inspire older generations through Mm -hmm. this as well. Um, because there's a lot of one track minded people out there, but if they just get in the right lane, a little shifted here or there, um, and step out of their current roles, they might experience some amazing things. And I think that's what's happened to us. But can you imagine if Seth wouldn't have brought that up to me Yeah, and I wouldn't have picked up the phone or you wouldn't have picked up the phone for Seth or one, excuse me, one small minute detail changes everything, but it was the opportunity that God put these people in our lives and we acted upon it. Yeah. How many times have we not act upon it? Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Oh. That's, that's the crazy part. Like it's true. if it's truly God given opportunity and truly God given person in our lives and we didn't act upon it. My last story before you got to yeah, go for sure. I, uh, my, um, I had an intern. I think I've told you this story. I don't know if I told you this and you know, this individual, I can tell you off camera. Um, I had an intern come in here from the college and he was getting ready to graduate and he came and he came religiously for four straight months all day long. I mean, 4am till about noon and then two till seven every day. And he didn't looking from the outside in, he didn't know if he wanted to be a coach, but he also at the point where he was at, he didn't have the tangible skills to do that successfully. He was, he was trying to figure it out. And he came to me one day and I could just tell he was off. And, uh, I had a client, God doing this. I had a client who's never canceled in four years, had to cancel because of something that came up, something big canceled. And I just, I I had 30 minutes, which in my day, I don't get that 30 minutes where I'm just like, what do I do? What content do I make? What do I do here? What do I do here? And I saw him acting weird. And I was like, I just need to talk to him. Like what's going on? Sat down and talked to him within 30 seconds. He is hysterically bawling, like wailing. He's like, man, I feel so lost. He said, I'm going to graduate in a month and I don't know what I want to do. I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills. I don't know. I have no direction. He's like, you've done everything. I just don't know if this is it. And he started wailing. And I went back to a time when I was graduating. I I got clean. I'd been at this point clean for like a year and a half, two years. And I didn't know what I wanted to do. I called my mom. I remember the conversation. I was like, I think I'm going to go to the police academy, just trying to do something. I'm going to go to the police academy. I'm going to do this. My dad was that. I'm just going to go, I'm going to go get my master's right now. So I don't have to be this big boy right away. And I just, I just stewed. And then God provided an opportunity for me. And the reason why that's so crazy is because I, every single morning, it's been a, a staple, a staple prayer for me every single day, every single day at 5 a.m., is God bring me the people that you need in your world. Bring me those people so I can bring them closer to you. Amen. And I say it every single time. And he was that person, and I didn't even know it. I had zero idea. And if that client wouldn't have canceled, he would have gone about his day and had to sulk in that, man. It, 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 it's crazy. Bring those type of people in your life, and that's exactly what happened here. Right. Yeah. No, I love that. Yeah. I'm going to head out, guys. Yes, sir. But I can't wait to hear what the rest of the conversation goes good. like. So It'll love you, good. brothers. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I want to say like that just being open to like to God interacting with you and you interacting with God and just taking risks and being aware of like, Hey, I'm going to steward this relationship. I don't know. Colby doesn't know that in four years or in four months, he's going to be talking with, (laughs) talking with uh, 
this intern, and, but but because of stewardship of relationships, I think there's something to be said about in life, just stewarding the things in front of us, just stewarding like what God has has given us, what God's put inside in our hands, what we're working at, and just continuing to steward it um, as like as best we can. There's uh, there's a parable Jesus teaches in Matthew where he says, you know, he's teaching. He he gives. 10, 10, uh, they call it talents. It's the, the parable of the talents. The owner of this business or field gives a talent, gives 10 talents to one guy, gives five talents to another, gives one talent to the last guy. The guy with 10, he goes and invests it and comes back with 10 more. The guy with five does the same thing. He invests it, comes back with, with more. The guy with one buries his talent. He buries his talent. And then when, when the master shows up, he says, oh, I was scared of you. And so I, I didn't, I didn't want to, I didn't want to make a mistake. I didn't I didn't want to take a risk. I buried my talent. And basically the master like says like far be it from you and, and sends him out of his, his dominion and says like, yeah. you're basically cursed. And he blesses the people, the two guys with 10 and five over cities. He says, because you stewarded, because you, you, you didn't waste your talent. Cause you acted upon it. Yeah. Because you didn't waste your talent. This is where like, I've always heard this parable is money, but I've taken waste that your talent. I just don't yeah. waste your talent. Interesting. We, we have talent. We have, we have relationships. Cause it was a form of currency mm-hmm. at that just when you said that, I could tell where you were going. I could mm-hmm. don't waste your talent. Waste I, your talent. I mean, in anything, in sports, in life, in business, in relationships, uh, in everything, man. Right, and that's that's what I mean. Like you, you were stewarding this relationship, and you were yeah. you were aware and open to the Holy Spirit prompting you to yeah go speak to this guy, and it's it's crazy, man. Changes life. Yes, and I think, uh, um, I mean, I talked to him a couple months ago, and he's doing well. He's uh, taking care of family and doing a bunch of things, but it's 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 you don't know, you don't know how impactful it's going to be until we, f- we fast forward. You know, yeah. we don't know how impactful this opportunity is going to be right here, but we're doing it and we're, we're stewarding that, you know, it's, uh, something really cool, man. It's, uh, just, well, for instance, just like we were talking about, and we could have thousands of these instances, Seth is her parents, the dog's parents, you know, mm-hmm. like I just, I talked to one guy, we went over to the house, I met this family and now I, you know, it's, it's, yeah. In a world like today, and I, I, we can take this wherever, but in a world like today, um, as a father, as a man, as everything, like this has been the biggest and hardest place where my faith has been tested. You know, we always think about like comparatively to other times of being alive, we look at this as the best time of being alive or the worst or the scariest or whatever. And the crux and the, the, the genesis of this podcast started in a very scary time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and fast forward, where are we at? We have all these different things going on where without a relationship and faith in God, I would be a lost man. Yeah. Same. A lost man. I, I it's like the, it's like the toothpick that holds together the double stack freaking cheeseburger yeah. dude. you know like yep. it's just i i i'd be a lost man and d- that doesn't mean it's without struggle because I, I i struggle with it a lot mm-hmm. just like what this world is doing and mm-hmm. where we're where we're headed you yeah. know well so. I, <clears throat> the question of i've been thinking of since we said we were gonna yeah we're gonna be able to do this is i watching you i think specifically over the last couple of months but over the last three years just be more open about your drug addiction and yeah. like even the the root causes or what you were like looking after look trying to get out of those things it's i'm just like number one i just want to say i'm so grateful and so impressed with you just being open with your life because this is changing people's lives like people who are struggling with addiction it's being broken because of this podcast people who were you know like thought they would never have hope outside of 
substances or whatever it was. It's uh-huh. like you're bringing that. I appreciate um, that. Do you like, can you think back to those times and, and think of like, what was the reason you were going to, it? I know you've shared this, but what, mm-hmm. like, what's the re in those moments? What was the, the, the root thing you were going after? And like, how do you meet that need now? Yeah. Superficially, it started as a physical need for uh, pain. Mm. That's how it started, mm-hmm. but that's that wasn't the origin of it. One hundred percent, what I found, I went and did like my own uh, rehab, and it was it was facilitated by an uncle of mine. Mm. Okay, this was in high school, so my senior year of high school, signing with the Blue Hawks and coming up, I knew that I needed to get my life straightened out, and so out of pure will, which I just gave a talk on this, pure will doesn't exist. I think it's habits and um, things that you can do over time, but that's a different that's conversation. I, I did it out of will because I knew I could, and I was just like, well, I'll go 365 days sober. And so I had a drug test for 365, well, Monday through Friday for 365 days. Mm-hmm. I had a drug test at my house, and I did that out of will, and I thought like, oh, I kicked it. I kicked this, but I changed no nothing. Mm-hmm. I changed nothing besides not doing the substance yep. and knowing that I would do it in 365 days. Yep. When I actually went to treatment and this treatment didn't work, it, it facilitated different habits for me to get the ball rolling down the hill. Mm-hmm. But what I found, the reason why I pushed for it my whole life was um, I, I always try to frame this the best way. A lack of love that I wasn't feeling or I didn't interpret and absorb that love the way that it was supposed to be given. Mm-hmm. And so having said that, I put so much into my relationship with my mother and my father who split very early on and addiction, addiction ran in my family, uh, my father and a bunch of different places. But the big crux was I was always trying to find a sense of affirmation outside of myself mm-hmm. and not from a, my Holy father yep. that um, when that was broken, it started this trajectory of going down. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill it with this substance, and then even when I felt loved, even when like all my habits were built around that, it's like mm. I'm I'm part of this drug is part of me, mm. and so it all started where I felt this lack of interior love, and when I was in my drug addiction was the furthest away I've ever been from God. Mm-hmm. I would like to say I, I would still pray and all this stuff, but was it meaningful? Was it did it have substance? I I. I I would probably say no. Yeah. I was doing it just to do it. And so it all started with that, man. Mm-hmm. It all that's and that's what I chased because when I took that drug, I could pass out, I could forget about mm-hmm. where I messed up X Y and Z. Yep. And uh it filled that puzzle piece very temporarily. To your second part of the question, the place that I have like been able to fill it and like um have success for now I just hit 8 years uh 2 weeks ago. Yeah. It's amazing. It all started, um, I was 300, I was just over a year clean before I met my wife. Mm. So I had done it prior to that. So I can't say it's hundred percent that right. I, but at that point I had completely in, sacrificed my, my natural physical life to God and, um, everybody's journey looks different. Mm-hmm. But, um, at that point I just tried to give up all control and give it to him. Mm-hmm. And that's where I was filled. I was completely I was completely filled and like my heart was filled, but also my head where my brain chemistry had already started to rewire and I didn't crave that stuff anymore. So a hundred percent, I was filled by that. The thing that keeps me going is a hundred percent. My relationship with God, Mm -hmm. it's a three tiered, it's a three tiered animal. Um, 
my wife and her unconditional love for me. And, uh, I'm a crazy individual, man. Mm -hmm. Like, and she still just backs me and like Mm -hmm. loves me and is cherishes me. Um, and then having a kid, Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Like just unwound everything, but it, I would have failed again if I wouldn't have had that hundred days of sobriety or, or 365 days of sobriety and would have not given it up to God. Mm-hmm. I would have failed again. Mm-hmm. 100%. Yep. Yes. I could have offset it with, Oh, I feel so much love for my wife and I have this kid and I love him so much and I'm doing it for him. Yep. I would have failed by now. Right. That was the big crux. Was, yeah. And that's where I think I like, I see people who get sober outside of Christ and I'm like, I'm like almost more impressed, not more impressed. It's like I, almost I more know what shocking to me because I'm like to be able to will this out. Like I, I don't believe it's going to last long because it, well, let me, let me just rephrase, like, yeah. let me phrase this out. Like to, to put your, um, the responsibility onto a human of like, oh, my son is the reason I'm getting sober. My wife is the reason I'm getting sober. It's like to put that on another human is actually like you, they can't hold the weight. And so you need to have it with yep. a supernatural being God who like a father who loves you mm-hmm. and can actually like hold the weight of that relationship and hold the weight of all that, that struggle for like, for me, I know, I mean, I struggled with porn for a lot of my teenagers, you know, 15 of my teenage yeah. into 20 years. It's like that, that's like the number one, well, not the number one addiction, but it's like the it's number one, one under the surface addiction for men and women for young successful and from looking from the outside in it's not something where you can pinpoint this deterioration in the person like a meth or a heroin Mm -hmm. but here you can't you know and it's it's tearing the individual up without other people noticing it right off the bat Mm -hmm. you know because i've had one family member that dealt with that and he's actually uh um probably one of my biggest spiritual mentors one of them so yeah yeah. and i I, like i think um it's like oh the the reason i think i i can pinpoint for myself that shame was actually the reason that i would i would go to porn or masturbation it's like i was looking for an escape from the shame like you you kind of said when you would you'd be able to like pass out and not not have to think about or remember anything you had done i i find that almost in like most of the men i talk to who struggle with porn it's actually like shame is the thing that's driving them into an yeah. addiction, which is actually causing more shame. So it's like a, it's this cycle that you can't, dude, you can't get out of, if you will out of it, you can't will out of shame. No, you can't. You need um, a savior who saved you from. I've been shame. open about this too. Um, my father, uh, very, very struggled with alcoholism mm. and I pinpointed it and I found it for him mm. and I found this and he's now been clean for a couple of years now. Yeah. So uh, amen to him, dude. Yeah. Like he's done great. Cause it was 30 years, yeah. 30 some yeah. years of it. He messed up one day. I don't know exactly what it was, whatever it was, but when my parents split, um, it was messy. Mm. And my mom, uh, threw the law at my father and the law pulled my, me away from my father mm. and me now having a kid and seeing that. Mm. Oh dude. Yeah. I, I would have to have something higher yep. because it will fail me. I got pulled from him. No cussy, no seeing me, no nothing. He had to earn that right back, mm. right? That crushed his soul. Yeah. That is when he started drinking. And I'm getting back to the shame. That's when he started drinking. 
Well, then he worked his way back, like out of will, like, okay, I can't drink because I want to see my kid. I can't drink because I need this. And he did it and he did it. And he got to the point where we have custody, it's split custody. Like I grew up with my father. Thank, mm. thank God. But he would say he would drink. He would do something that would be shameful and he would regret it. So then he would drink again mm -hmm. because of that regret. And then he would do something else and he would drink again because that regret. And mm -hmm. it's the same thing, dude. Yep. It's just this, it's a nasty regret cycle. Mm -hmm. And uh, you you can't get out of it because the thing you're trying to patch it with is causing more of the thing you're trying to get away from, mm -hmm. you know? Yep. And I realized that and I had a conversation with my father, like truly asking him, because I, I thought I knew the answer of like, what caused you to start? Yeah. And it came back to that, man. getting the law pulling me away from him, man. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Yeah. And I think, I think the thing that has undone me the most with the, when I was struggling with porn and you know, there's like, there's always temptation. The thing that I know the most is that, well, the thing that saved me from my sin and from my shame is that God was right there with me in the midst of it. And like, I heard, I heard that phrase one time, um, like, like the thing that actually undid me and actually healed my heart is that God was with me in the midst of every sin that I had ever done right there in the midst of my addiction. Same yep. thing for you. He's right there in the midst of your addiction. And to know that like the most loving being in the entire universe is actually still with you in the, the pit of hell that you, the worst sins that you could yourself even think in. of. Yeah. yeah. And the shame that you're struggling with. It's like, yeah, that'll undo you. Yeah. 100% man. I, uh, again, I think I, number one, I, I really do think I would have relapsed without it. I do. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. And I didn't even mention, I didn't realize we were going to talk about will, but in my, in my speech that I gave, it, it, it's this, it's this elaborate quote, but it talks about, um, strength coming from an abominable will, mm. meaning like you just don't break, you don't do this. And I, in my speech, I call it BS. Yeah. I say will is BS. Yeah. Will is a very fickle, short-term solution yep. to anything, yep. right? And what I what I tell people about is uh, this leads right to addiction. I said, if Reese's Puffs are in your house and you want to lose weight, the Reese's Puffs are going to get eaten. You're not going to let them go stale. Yeah, don't buy the Reese's Puffs. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Because mm -hmm. will will always be broken. Not if it's today. It could be tomorrow, or you could really will it out for a year, but mm -hmm. it's going to break at some point. Yeah, you have to be grounded in something else. Yep. You know, yeah. My pastor uh, back home says, like, we're we're all humans. We all we all break when we hit the ground. Yeah. Like at the end of the, the end of the day, you're gonna come to the end of yourself. Whether you've, you know, like built up so many systems around you, so many willpower things around you that, yep. like, have protected you from the world and protected you from seemingly failing. That's gonna run out someday, and you're gonna hit the ground. And you're gonna crack. Yep. And you need a savior who every single time can heal you. Yeah. I, and I, I, this is a, something kind of cool for you. Um, I, I know that you don't, it's not that you don't want to be labeled a coach, but you are going down this path of this spiritual coaching, business coaching, but kind of bring them all together. Mm -hmm. You know, I think something so powerful for you is I, um, my story of the first day of my sobriety involves not my parents, not my friends, but when I hit my rock bottom, when I was withdrawing off of heroin, two, this would have been two weeks before our Dakota State game. Mm -hmm. Well, three weeks before our Dakota State game for the championship. Um, I didn't call my mom. I didn't call my dad. I didn't call a family member. I didn't call my roommates, Bryce Kilbeck, mm -hmm. Rob Nalawaya. I didn't call any of them. I called Coach Stanton. Yeah. So what I'm saying is like, you can make it what it is, but the power of a coach, dude, 
the power of a pastor, yeah. you can make it interchangeable. But right. like at my lowest point, when I was getting undone, I called coach Stanton. I mm-hmm. called a coach like that's that I, I later on called my family and told mm-hmm. them and like, I need your help. And I reached out, but like, boom, first thing to mind, I got to talk to him. Yeah. He, he can help, you know? Yeah. And that was, that, that's amazing. Oh man. It, it was, it was really cool. And after that day is when I really started providing myself to the, to the Lord and really, mm-hmm. really pushing to that, man. I heard uh, a quote, Billy Graham, Reverend Billy Graham, uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, uh-huh. but he, he has a, a quote surrounding coaching. He says, a coach will, ha- will make more of an impact in one year than any adult will in their entire life. Like the effect that they have, they have that much influence over a student yeah. athlete than any other adult in their entire life. And I'm like, it's crazy. And we need, we need healthy coaches out here. We do. We do. And I mean, when I travel to like conventions and stuff, like it's unfortunate, but I mean, it is, I mean, in every industry, right? Like there's this bell curve of amazing and then kind of the your average mm-hmm. and stuff, but it's a very egotistical yeah. filled profession mm-hmm. where people are trying to push what they did or um, the big thing. That's why about every two or three months I put out a post like, you call these kids lazy, but these kids are 10 times better than we were. Yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like these guys are good, man. Yeah. Like, and, uh, I, I think you're right. Like mending a, every coach needs a coach, dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it comes down to. Like a lot of these people are broken. Yeah. Um, and it comes down to yeah. not having a relationship, man. Yeah. And it's that, it's that, you know, famous quote, hurt people, hurt people oh, yeah. and heal people can heal people, man. Like mm-hmm. you don't hear that side of it very yeah. often. Heal people heal, can heal people. Exactly. Like, you get healed by the Lord. You're going to, like you're going to do some damage on the other side. You're going to do yep. some good damage and yep. heal some people, heal some hearts. And it's very cool, man. Send people off better than when they came to you. Yep. Yep. How has, uh, how was California? How was, uh, kind of that whole experience for you, man? Like you've, um, looking from the outside in, like I haven't got to have any communication with you. I just kind of follow what you're doing on the very, um, the wide web, you know? And so I just kind of see that, but like, I can tell that you're a very, you've always been a very confident, um, fulfilled person, but, um, you have a different aura about you too, mm. man. So like, how has, uh, how has your life been going? Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was thinking about this at church yesterday where we I was preaching and ministering a little bit and I, I think I'm just more, I'm, I'm 100% sold on the reality that Jesus is the savior of the world that there is no other savior. You cannot find any other savior. You cannot find, um, you can find other gods and you can find other idols that are going to satisfy you mm-hmm. probably for your whole life on earth. Like they probably can like money. As long as you're striving for that, you can, if that's a God for you, you can, you can find satisfaction in that. But I've, I've come to the end of, um, one of my favorite, one of my favorite Bible verses. It's, it's in Matthew. It's one of the Beatitudes in the message translation. It says you're blessed when you're at the end of your rope because only then can you really meet God. I'm like, yeah, I've, I've come to the end of myself. I've come to the end of like who I was and your and ego who, and your, mm-hmm. yeah, not, I mean, not that I don't struggle with all that still. Like there's still the battles like you're, yeah. you're talking about, yeah. but it's like, I'm fully convinced I've seen Jesus do too much in people's lives heal them from addiction, like physically heal them. I watched uh, cancer. Well, I, I watched cancer re- be removed from a lady's neck, um, like a tumor in her neck. And she, she came into what they call the healing rooms, which is like this Saturday morning, like people just praying for people to get really? healed. She comes in with a tumor on her neck and they're praying for her. And all of a sudden the tumor completely leaves. And I mean, it's not, it's not medically documented, but the tumor left. 
It's like, yeah, this is what the power of the, the Holy Spirit does. Like he, he has healing power. He has delivering power. He has you're saving saying, power. You're pretty much saying like he's done so much that you have witnessed that it would be irresponsible. Irresponsible, not, yeah. It would be irresponsible not to act upon that, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that comes with a... Uh, that comes with a lot of enlightenment in the individual. Like um, it's happening all around us at all times, like at all times, but we're so caught up in the rat race. We're so caught up in our life. We're so caught up in our addictions that mm-hmm. like, we don't realize it. He never stops, mm-hmm. you know, he's yep. at the end of the rope and he's at the top of the rope, yep. but uh, man, that, that's cool. That's, yeah. you just have to be aware of everything cause it's happening at all times, you know? Yeah. And I think um, I've discovered that the Lord's prayer that Jesus prays of like, Father, that your kingdom would come and your will would be done. Mm-hmm. That that's a present tense reality. That that's a prayer that I can pray right now. That I that the the kingdom of God would actually advance through my life into the earth, into the world, and actually change people's lives. Yeah, I think I grew up in a I grew up in a Christianity that wasn't very. It was evangelistic in a sense. I loved your podcast on evangelism. Uh, You're talking to Chad. Like, yeah. I love that. Evangelize the whole person. Yep. Right. Like, I, I not it was, just like, hey, come to church with me or whatever, but mm-hmm. like. It's true. Like it's let's true. let's watch let's watch God do a, do something in your whole life. Like let's watch Him restore your family. Let's watch Him pull you out of things that you didn't think you were addicted to. Let's let's watch Him, you know, but like pro- provide for you, give yeah. you like like let Him go after your dreams and things like that. So I grew up in a Christianity that wasn't very supernatural. Like I couldn't tell you why you should come to God other than like it's the you're going to go to hell if you don't. And it's yeah. like like the world doesn't care that they're going to hell. Like who, who knows if heaven or hell even exists in them? They're almost too busy for a hell. Yeah, you know? and so it's like, like, like we need something, not that there needs to be, but like the gospel is bigger than that, I'll say. Yeah. The gospel is much bigger than that. Jesus did not just come to earth to save the earth. He came to earth to reveal the Father, and that's what the gospel is. He, Jesus came to earth to reveal that we have a good Father in heaven who loves us and wants a relationship with us and has forever wanted a relationship with us, and that's what the gospel is, yes, Jesus saved us from our sin. He saved the world from our sin and gives us the power to overcome sin and overcome evil. But the full gospel is that Jesus came to reveal the father yeah. that we have a good father. Yeah. And that I, and that could be the, the difference of aura in, in what I see of you, like just uh, having gone through getting through addiction, having gone through um, all these different phases of your life like you took a leap man like mm. i'm going here right in the dead of covid mm-hmm. um i don't have any plans like i'm going to bethel that's all i that's all i have because mm-hmm. god's called me here mm-hmm. like that takes a leap of faith that a lot of people can't uh comprehend i guess you know but like you were called to do it yeah. and like for people like looking from the outside in like a lot of times like you see an nfl player and they said i told myself i wanted to be an nfl player my whole life mm-hmm. every single day that i've known you I've known you to be somebody that wanted to go be a pastor. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So like for you to not only not get stuck in that one track mind of thought, but like also incorporate it into the coaching that you're going to do with vision and mm-hmm. wherever that relationship, because Taylor's doing big things, man. Like right. he's he, out of all of us. Like I've seen a, such a big change in him, mm-hmm. dude. Like it's yeah. crazy. Yep. Like I, I, I can tell him that right here, but like you and I can talk about like he's, He's done amazing, man, and I'm super proud of him because um, he wasn't that same individual prior. Absolutely, at all, like you know, completely changed. Yeah, from, even from when I moved, like oh, getting yeah. to spend more significant time 
with him now. I'm like, yeah, you're you're completely different. Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. And so I think I think uh, I think all your life experiences have led up to this point. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to do really well with it. And I, th- again, you guys don't even have a concrete idea yet, but like whatever the capacity is, mm-hmm. you know, and I think it yeah. would be super, super, super impactful. Yeah. You know? Thank you. I mean, I mean, yeah, like I said, I was, I was a little hesitant about becoming a coach, but now that I'm, now that I'm in the role, I've embraced it as like the reality of, of it is, is, is Jesus has asked me, he's asked you, he's asked every one of his followers to bring hope back into the world. Mm-hmm. And hope is, in my opinion, hope is probably the one of the, at least in the Christian world, but in the world itself, one of the most lacking things that we have. Like hope, hope seems to be like a very far off thing for us as Christians. But in reality, like hope is, hope is ever present. Hope is anchored into the veil where Jesus is actually, is, is sitting right now. Mm -hmm. And hope is a thing that we can hold on to and fill ourselves up with. And so, yeah, I'm excited to, I'm excited to coach because like the reality of like being hope filled changes your life. There's nope. they're like Jesus, the reality of what Jesus has done in you causes hope to fill you and to change your life. And so like, uh, there's a quote that says he who has the most hope has the most influence and who can, he who can give the most hope has the most influence. So my goal every day is to have the most hope in, yeah. in any building I walk into. I want to have the most hope about the reality. It's not, it's not a, um, like, like I'm denying what the truth or denying reality. It's not like I'm avoiding reality. Yeah. It's like I'm looking reality right in the face and knowing well, my God is bigger than this. Yep. My God is, is more powerful than any, any of this. And he's given Dude. me dreams. He's, he's told me what my life is going to look like. He has provision and that's enough hope for me. And the, he who has the most hope can have the most impact. But like once you can fill yourself with that hope and push it out into the world, you can elicit that change in others. Like mm-hmm. that's the big thing. Like yep. hopefully somebody else rivals the hope you have. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like yep. that's, that's super cool. One of my questions was, because it's been a big um, stress point in my life too, but you like you really just hit the hammer on the head of the answer that I'm probably going to hear from you. Like in our world today, we see all these things coming to fruition that we see and we talk about and we hear about and like political leaders doing this and going this way and like we can get all caught up in it. And a lot of these big conflicts and big landmarks, if we're talking about the book of Revelations or anything, we're starting to see these things start to piece together. Mm-hmm. And God always says, there, we will never know the time. Nobody knows the time but I, mm-hmm. you know, or nobody knows the time but the Father. Yep. And like, um, how do you see our, from your outlook, as you just said, I'm not being oblivious to what's going on in the world, but I'm so hopeful that no matter how big something is, mm-hmm my God is bigger than that, you know? So like, how do you see where we're headed and what is going on? Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. I know it's a big, very open ended question. question, No, I think it's just been a huge stress in my life where I continue have to just feed it to him and feed it to him and Mm -hmm. feed it to him because it's always on my heart. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're heading in, in America, we're heading into an election season. That's probably more muddied than the last one which is crazy crazier than crazy like I and then the israel that. yeah we got like, wars across mm-hmm. the sea i mean there's there's famine there's and so if you look in in the natural realm like the world is coming to an end the world like the world we know is coming to an end but i think in the if you if we can take a higher stance the bible talks about um three different heaven realities so there's first heaven which is where we live it's the natural you know where humans are at the second heaven is where um angels and demons operate from and then third heaven is actual heaven where God that we visualize yeah. yeah and so if we can if we can 
anchor ourselves into third heaven and get the perspective of what God is actually saying, what Jesus is, is actually doing, what the Holy Spirit is doing on earth. I think that changes how we, how we go about our lives, how we, how we look at situations like obviously, yeah, there's death happening in the world. Like that's, that's a hard mm-hmm. pill to swallow. Yep. And I, I, I do not believe that God, I mean, it says he, he doesn't want any to perish, but that all would come to him. And so I'm like, death to him is, is terrible as well. Yeah. Um, so I take a I take a little more sovereign approach on that that he like he's in he's in charge of some of some some of those bigger ones and and it's kind of that thing that I said of praying his kingdom come and his will to be done. I my theology is that um, the end times are not going to happen until <clears throat> excuse me like the the end of the world will not happen until heaven is actually invaded into earth. That's so my my theology is that the, we're, we as Christians are actually bringing heaven to earth, and then that's going to be when Jesus comes back. Mm-hmm. So less of a um, less of a like things are getting worse and worse, and Jesus has to come save, save us. Yeah. yeah, it's more of we we have so much authority. Jesus, it says, you know, he he won the keys back of of hell. He defeated Satan. He defeated sin, shame, the demonic realm on the cross. So he's already done that past tense. Yeah. We were singing a song in church. Um, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Is that the song we sang? That's not the same. <laughs> Something like nothing yeah. but the blood. Jesus paid it all. That's the song we said. Uh, okay. Jesus paid it all. You know, and it, it's, it's a past tense thing. Jesus has paid it all already. It's already been paid. That he's done all the work. And so we, as we, as his followers have his authority, have his provision, have his, you know, supernatural gifting and grace to actually see the the world changed, and we're going to so no matter be him back. No matter where, yes, we, I think that's a, be, a good way to think about. It. Like we're ushering him back mm-hmm. instead of like him stepping in to save, because mm-hmm. um, he's already saving. He's already he's already doing all that. Um, so you kind of think about it as our God is so much bigger than anything that's going on right now. Um, us controlling what we can control, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I put this the best? Um, us controlling what we can control. So continue to f- live a faith-filled life, mm-hmm. continue to have hope, continue to have a relationship and pour into others and do all that stuff and continue to walk our life, not be oblivious to the killing, not mm-hmm. be oblivious to all these different landmarks that are happening, but just continue living that spiritual field life is like the way that you kind of think about everything that's going on. Yeah. And I think one of my, one of my favorite things about the kingdom of God and about like what Jesus, what the father brings to the earth is that he brings justice with him. And so, I mean, the world needs justice. There's injustices happening everywhere mm-hmm. on the earth. Um, the world needs hope. And so wherever we go, we have, we have the opportunity, we get the opportunity to elicit, that. dare I say the responsibility to, bring justice, bring supernatural justice and restoration to the world. And in doing that, bring hope. So, yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I do. I do take, I take my end times theology takes a, I take a very like backs, not backseat approach, but I just take a step back yeah. on, on what I see and what I'm, what I think is happening. Um, because the reality is like John had a revelation about what was going to happen in the end times. A lot of that stuff actually um, is imagery from Daniel, the the Old Testament book of Daniel. So there's a lot of parallel yeah. in the kingdoms that he's seeing. So he's seeing like Greece, Rome, like a lot of these big time um, like powers, powers at, at the time. 
uh, and so like there, it's imagery. It doesn't necessarily represent specific like Russia right now or exactly. what's happening in Israel. Although like it's probably significant. Like exactly. anytime there's a war or exactly. people dying, it's significant. And I think that's what we, you, the, I think you asked that question for a good reason. Why do I like revelations? And this is, it's getting right to it. Like, um, I, I, I'm trying to hold on to something to know what the future is through my ego. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm trying to, well, the Euphrates river's drying up. I'm trying to hold yeah. on to that. Like that is the first step. Like I'm just waiting for the trumpet mm-hmm. like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think it's me trying to, I, I think I need to work on and I, I, I've known this, but it's also coming, becoming very apparent in this conversation. Like, being very comfortable in the unknown, mm. like being just super still and comforted and um, fulfilled mm-hmm. in the unknown, yep. you know? And maybe, it, and I think maybe my life has changed a little bit because like I'm trying to, I've always been somebody that's like a prepare person, you know, mm-hmm. like maybe it's changed because I have a kid yeah. and like, but I, but also on the same spectrum, I always have to have this optimistic outlook as well. Like mm-hmm. I've always been the person like I need in my t- business, I need a devil's advocate because mm-hmm. I'm always the person like, it's going to be good. Let's just do it. Uh-huh. You know what I'm yep. saying? So like yep. applying that to my spiritual life is probably something I'm, I'm learning uh, as you were talking, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. cause I, I, that's, I think that's why I hold on to revelations is like this, this checklist, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. And that, I mean, that's real. Like mm-hmm. I, I want a little more control than yeah, I, my reality actually presents me with. I don't. I don't have as much control as I yeah. used to think I did, and that. I mean, that's. I mean, I still think I have a lot of control that yep. I probably don't. It's, it's a big struggle. Control, it's always been a struggle for me. But I, prior, I was never aware of it. Mm-hmm. I was just very oblivious to mm-hmm. it. You know? Yeah, and but, I, to be honest, going back to addiction, I think the. A lot of people had. Childhoods that were not stable, um, yeah. and were not a lot of at least I'll say for addictions. Um, had unstable childhoods or unstable growing up. And so there was lack of control. Um, and so with, with the lack of control comes the need for control and the need to hold on to control, at least the desire, the false perception of um, control. And so I, th- I think I've noticed in people who I've talked to who have addictions of, of all kinds that control can often be one of those things that they're holding on to as well because or at least it's actually one of those things that is leading them to addiction is because they, even though they, they want to have control and they think they have control, they're actually addicted to something because the control um, is false. Colby's fixing the camera right now. I'll say, um, I was going to tell you, tell you this, you, you reminded me of like the, you said something that reminded me of the mystery of God. And a couple of years ago I had um, some friends lose, lose their baby and I was just, I was really wrestling with the reality of like, God, I know you're a supernatural God. I know that you heal. I know that you can, you can do anything. Like you can take sickness away, but sometimes you don't. Like sometimes, not that you're, not that you're like withholding healing or withholding anything, but it's sometimes the reality is like people don't always get healed that I pray for. And my friend's child did not yeah. get healed and they, they passed away. And one of my friends, I was, processing with her and she said you know that that's the mystery of god like like he's a bigger being yeah than all of us and one of my pastors says he's a whole other cat than yeah. us like he's a he's a different cat than us we he is we are like him but he is not like us 
It's very true. We are made in his image. He is not made in ours. And he, he's outside of us. And so I, ha- I have a friend and I hope he listens to this podcast. I really do. I have a friend who lived his life um, very unaware of everything. He grew up, uh, Catholic faith was pushed on him. He never really bought into it. He went to the military, did all these things. Within the last month, excuse me, three months, Seth, he's like awoken to, he's really, okay, one day he called me and he said, I think I found God. Mm. And I was like, oh my gosh. And we sat down and had a FaceTime for three hours. And I was just like feeding into him, feeding Uh into him. He's never reached out to me like that. Well, then um, fast forward a couple months and now he's like down this path of, um, not, it's not atheism. It's, it's, uh, agnostic, agnostic kind of, but he's like truly like believing that there's no heaven, there's no hell, mm. that everything is energy. And he's like going down like this mm. whole different new, path new age type of thing. Yes. Of. Kind of. And he's like going down this whole path and like truly believing in it. And he's sending me all this stuff. He's like, I'm not trying. And he's genuinely not, I'm not trying to like test or th- have you think about your faith. But he's like, this is what I become aware to. Mm. And I mean, it's going down such crazy paths. Seth, yeah. it's like, um, gets into like, when you start, when people start talking about microwaves and like, it's a government thing that's pushing, I'm like, <laughs> all right, dude, we got it. We got to figure this out. But yeah, he, uh, he started talking about, um, a bunch of different things. And I, I just, I asked him one day, I said, okay, when you found God, when you really found him and figured this out in this, and you called me and we had this conversation, mm-hmm how much of how much of the bible did you read and cuz now he's read like four different books on this type of energy gotcha. and believing mm-hmm. all this stuff that there's no true god that uh, all this different things and i said all this energy that you've put into this and you're telling me stuff about my faith and mm-hmm. my stuff right um how much did you dive into that because i want you to have that same veracity and see where it pulls you right like see where it pulls you and so i challenged them him that last week and so it's been nice it's been super crazy for him yeah. but he just like woke up to something and then he's he's like an add guy like mm-hmm. he, once he finds something he's like boom and Bully goes for it, it yep. you know yep. and so like he's really like truly believing a lot of this stuff mm-hmm. and i i just pretty much laid a plate in front of him and said do with what you think of it and call me back mm-hmm. you know yeah and so i wanted him to like get that same veracity of the bible right um and see if because he's like going down the path of like were these all historical events were these disciples real people mm. were and he's like questioning that mm. and then he's basing it off of this book that he read and i said but also that person that read that book that you're saying is truth he's a human too. Mm-hmm. So like where yeah. you have to, right. you have to pull it both ways. So it's been really cool because it's made me be much more sharp yeah. and all knowing, Come on, not all knowing, but knowing in my faith. And it's tested me to rebuttal and give him my perspective. Yep. You know, that's awesome. It's really, it's, I love that. It's crazy, I th- man. I think that's, we're, we're going into a day and age of uh, this generation coming up where they want the real thing they want like like they've they've grown up in like a fake like social media is to them like they grew up so close to it that it's fake to them yeah the world is fake to them almost so they they want a supernatural experience because we're we in reality we're all supernatural beings living in a natural body right now but we're all supernatural beings who've been created in god's image um and so like 
the, we're, we're coming to a time where Christians need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and, yeah. and like know the, they need to know their Bible. They need to know what the word says. They need to know the reality of heaven and hell and the demonic realm. And they need to know that like the supernatural is real. We need a supernatural gospel to Kinda impact. Like what you said prior, like it wasn't uh, your faith when you grew up, didn't have that aspect mm-hmm. of it. It was like, Believing in God is the right thing. That's why you should do it. Right. You know, yep. instead of having something tangible to hold on to. Yeah. Which isn't, that's like believing in God because it's the right thing is not going to work for the world right now. Like what's the verse where he talks about uh, the whale spitting you out? It, like you're it, it, being lukewarm. Lukewarm. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I forget what it is. But yeah. Jesus says you're neither hot nor, nor cold. You're, you're neither good or bad you're neither following me or, or not following me you're yep. kind of in the middle you're and i'll spit you out like you a, out. yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, it's 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 a real thing man um i think uh i've struggled with that a lot in my entire life i've struggled a lot man mm-hmm. but it's uh it's got us to where we're at today i was gonna tell you i've been reading proverbs one of the things that has changed in me over the last three years i've been reading proverbs almost every day for the last three years of one proverb a day and that's changed my life. Like there's wisdom in Proverbs. I was going to, I was going to tell you this too. Yeah. I want to like hear this. You. I was, uh, 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 looking for something long. I'll make this short. I got my athlete out yeah. there. He's talking, but, um, I, I say my prayer in the morning. I also wanted a different way for me in my morning 10 minute commute to dive into scripture mm. during that prayer time or right after that prayer time. And long story short, right up on my algorithm, a guy that I just met and introduced myself to, and we know each other now, mm-hmm. his name is a uh, guy reading the Bible. He'll read one thing every single nice. day and it popped in there and he's in Proverbs right now. Let's and go. So I listened to one of them. I don't remember what it was today, but I listened to one of them on Proverbs. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, yeah. it was crazy how it worked. I do that. I'm, I'm like, whether you're a Christian or not, like anyone who's listening, you're not a Christian. I don't care. You should be reading Proverbs. Like there's wisdom in this book that will help you solve almost every issue of life, whether mm-hmm. you're a business leader, whether you're a teacher, a coach, like there's wisdom, whether you're working on your family, you're working on your marriage right now, you're trying yeah. to be good with your kids. There's wisdom in this book, the whole book, but tell me something that you're around. What, what, what's, uh, what's cooking? Cause I, I mean, I've read through it, uh, sparingly, but not, uh, intentionally, mm-hmm. I would say, you know, Uh, wisdom, or wisdom, Proverbs chapter nine says, wisdom has built her house. She has honed out her seven pillars. She has prepared her food. She has mixed her wine. She has also set her table. She has sent out her maidens. She calls from the tops of the heights of the city. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here to him who lacks understanding. She says, come eat of my food and drink of the wine I have mixed. Forsake your folly and live and proceed in the way of understanding. Jump down to verse 13 says, the woman of folly is boisterous. She is naive and knows nothing. And she sits at the doorway of her house on a seat of the high places of the city, calling to those who pass by who are making their paths straight. Listen to this. Whoever is naive, let him turn in here. And to him who lacks understanding, she says, stolen water is sweet and the bread eaten in secret is pleasant. But he does not know that the dead are there that her guests are in the depths of Sheol. And the this is what I love mm. about this. Wisdom and folly are doing the same thing. They're both calling your name. They're both reaching out to you. They're both beckoning you to them. And it's your choice to answer. And it's saying, 
I'm guessing if I interpret this right, stolen, stolen, was it water? Stolen mm-hmm. water and why are they sweet? Mm-hmm. That's our sin, correct? Mm-hmm. Like it, it's going to feel sweet. It's yep. going to feel fulfilling. It's going to feel good yep. in the moment, but shame is a powerful, powerful thing. Yep. They're on their way to death. So she says that her, her companions are on their way to death. Wow. So wisdom and wisdom and folly, they're both calling your name. But it's your choice to answer which one. What uh, uh, define folly? Define kind of that uh, for anybody that doesn't understand. Yeah, that's a it's a good question. I think it's waywardness. It's evil. It's sin. It's yeah. temptation. It's like yeah. things that can probably seem good. Like they're saying the same thing. Sin is enticing. Like the oftentimes. Folly is de- depicted as a, an adulterous woman in, yeah. in the book of Proverbs because it's enticing. It's it's something that your flesh kind of wants or something that would be enticing to the world. Mm. So that's I think that's what folly would be. Wow. Yeah. Th- I mean, it, it applied in any sense, it can really... Mm-hmm. Is Proverbs a, a big crux of like your co- spiritual coaching with vision and everything too? I mean, is that something that you're applying with them? I think it will be. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think I want to, yeah, I think Proverbs will be, I think mm-hmm. just the wisdom from it. Like I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm just a fan of, I'm not, I'm more than a fan of Proverbs. I'm like this, this book is, is meant for all of us. It's powerful. And so, um, for me, it's for me though. I think, mm-hmm. I think that's the big thing is like, I'm reading Proverbs for me and letting that just spill out, yeah. spew out into their lives and let them, that's how I want to be as a coach. It's just, I'm reading the Bible for me and that's, that's changing my character. That's changing my internal world and that's changing how I interact with people. Well, and how the impact you can have with people, Seth, I, uh, I, I mean, to anybody's standards, um, like I said, a brother's a brother, a hawk's a hawk, right? Um, in a 30,000 foot view, we were very superficial acquaintances, right? Mm -hmm. We're superficial acquaintances. Um, but my schedule is very tight today. Okay. And we, we made this work and I knew I needed to. Mm. Okay. Like, um, thank you. You bring a sense of, uh, encouragement, but again, every room that you're in, this may be a very small room with, uh, three people and a dog, but like the most hopeful person in the room, Mm. you know? And like, I I needed that where Mm. I was at today. uh, Today was an amazing day. I I don't have a lot of bad days, but Mm. like overall for people, um, you've been a big impact in my life from afar, from near, from, everywhere you know what i'm saying so like i i appreciate that because like uh, i think anybody can set aside just proverbs but i think anybody can really gain a lot of wisdom and hope and faith in you because you are a full individual like i know every single day you have to do what you need to do with the lord to fill your cup but from the outside like you you provide a lot of hope for people you know what i'm saying like I, i really I, I, I truly mean that because yeah. like I, I feel that, you know, personally, I really do um, because I, I struggle with the same thing. And I think the athletes that are waiting outside in that gym right there, like I'm a sense of that for them as well. Because mm-hmm. yep. all those crazy conversations I was having, the kid that's out there is the kid that we usually have the conversations yeah. with. So <laughs> it's, uh, I don't know, man, I appreciate, I, yeah. I really do appreciate that about you. And yeah. it's been something that uh, I knew when we talked about having this happen that I, like no matter no matter what we have to do, I'm doing it. Yeah, you know. So cool. like, thanks, Colby. Yeah, dude, I appreciate this that a lot. I want to tell you um, before we go. I know you got yeah, athletes you're okay. to coach. You're okay. um, 
I like I just like you. I mean, you've changed so much. This is <laughs> this is so surreal. I've been so excited to be on this podcast because yeah. because of the amount of like character you've built inside of you with the Lord solidifying yourself and changing the world. Like this is what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just see a picture kind of behind you right now of like skyscrapers being built around you. Like you're building a city from yeah. the ground up because of the foundation that you've rested yourself on, that you've, you've fallen on the Lord and you've said, he's my foundation and there's skyscrapers, there's pillars being honed out all around you and you're building, I mean, you're building big people, you're building big businesses, you're building yeah. a big family and like you're changing the world. Like this is what legacy is. This is how you're, I mean, you're changing the world. And I need to hear that a lot, dude, because mm. uh, honestly, I don't get to hear that very often. Mm. Um, it's a lot of go, 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 man. Mm. Um, having a kid and doing all that stuff, like it's just, uh, it's a lot. Mm. It's a lot, man. And so like, I appreciate that more than you know, dude. Yeah, I'm proud I of really you. do. I really do. That's, uh, it's, it's, it's a busy world, but um, I think, I don't know if you know how much I appreciate that. Mm. A lot, dude. Yeah. I appreciate you, man. I love you too, brother. Uh, we, we could go on forever. Uh, the cool thing, um, they don't get it for like the last 10 minutes. They don't get to see my ugly face, but they, this one lasted this, this camera lasted, but I mean, we got the audio. We're all good. But, um, I thank you for your time. I thank you for everything that you've done. Um, I, I can't wait to see what, uh, what life takes you on, you know, like I, I applaud you for knowing that being, uh, a beacon of light is in your path mm-hmm. but now you just like took a little bit different path mm-hmm. to where it's like i'm still a beacon of light and i'm still doing these things so yeah. it'll be really cool man thanks um, it'll be cool to keep up with everything and um kind of just hopefully not have to just catch up from afar yeah. you know yeah so uh i don't know what the world takes you if you're uh destined to come back to the 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 diet <laughs> diet canada area but um we'll see you know the first the first year i lived in california and it didn't snow all winter i said Dude. Yeah, I think I could live here for Seriously. I think I could not live in, in snow or freezing cold for the yes, rest of my life. Dude. I think I'm all right with I that. I tell everybody, man, I grew <laughs> up you grew up in Wyoming and North Dakota your yeah. whole life. Like people are like, you should be used to it. It's you, you don't can't get used, get to, used it. to it, yeah. man. Nope. Until nope. you move away, you yep. know, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Brother, man. I love appreciate you, you. I love you too, man. Thanks Thank for you for me. everything. Um everybody. Where can everybody find you to uh, elicit your services of yeah, being an amazing individual? Uh, I got Instagram, yep. Seth Morkerke, S-E-T-H-M-O-E-R-K-E-R-K-E. Yep. Follow me on Instagram. I have a blog, uh, com. Okay. Doing a lot more writing now. So Good. Yeah, that's that's kind of the avenue I'm running down. Um, in six months, you can probably catch us coaching somewhere. We're, yep. we're vision coaching or something along those lines we'll yeah we'll announce but that's that the point. cool thing like we could have another podcast in six to 12 months and yep. it's going to be like boom yep. it's, it's there yeah so. so feel free to reach out we'd love to talk to anybody awesome man yeah. well everybody that's episode 117 um reach out to seth uh i think um the camera cut out at a perfect time like it's very emotional for me and i i appreciate every you as a human man so i thank you for everything and you guys can uh find hope and faith and hopefully find somebody like you to have in your corner. Like I do, you know, peace, peace.